And of course, we're living at an exceedingly exciting time. There's no shadow of doubt about that. Look at the verse, the chapter that we've got before us just for a moment. In verse 32, it speaks of the fig tree blossoming. That's the nation of Israel. Israel is back in the land. And then Jesus Christ gives to us the rest of this chapter, exhorting us as to what we should do. Now, we're living at times that are like those days. Remember in Daniel chapter 5, Daniel was shown the writing on the wall which indicated that the city of Babylon would very shortly fall. And it fell by the next morning. By the next morning, Babylon had fallen to the Medo-Persians. Overnight, it went. So we're being warned that Christ will return and he will return suddenly. So what should we be doing? Well, before us in Matthew chapter 24 is the last prophetic words of the Lord Jesus Christ while he was upon this earth. And the overriding exhortation for us in our day is, watch therefore. He says it twice. Watch therefore, for you know not what day your Lord cometh. So we need to be watching. If we go forth to the book of Revelation... The last prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ when he spoke personally in the book of Revelation is Revelation 16 verse 15. And again, he says, just before Armageddon, just before judgment, he says, blessed is he that watcheth. So what should we be doing? Well, the next chapter, we won't turn to it. You know it reasonably well. It'll be on the PowerPoint. It tells us what to do. First of all, it tells us that the wise virgins took oil. So what should we be doing? We should wisely study God's word. We should be students. Students of God's word. Then he goes on to say to us, in the next part of that chapter, he says, you use your talents. Use them wisely. Use your qualities we should be faithfully using our talents or our qualities in, the, in our walk in the truth. And lastly, he says in that chapter, he says that he will come to his brethren and you've got to care for them. So the message that he says is show love one to another, care towards each other. There is the message that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to us in that last prophetic message. And it's written particularly for those who live after the fig tree blossoms. Jerusalem is in the land. So what should we be doing, my dear brethren and sisters? How should we be walking? What should be our attitude of mind? Well, look at what you're seeing around you and watch. The beginning of this year, it started with the doomsday clock. There it was. And it was reset now to the worst reading in history, closest to doom, midnight, ever seen. And look at the wording that they used. They said, we are living in unprecedented danger, Russia and Ukraine at war and such like, Armageddon on the way. That's not a biblical people speaking. Here's people looking, yes, they knew the words of the Bible, and they picked that up and saying, this is what's coming. Doom is going to come to this world if things do not change. And there is the reading at the start of this year. But further to that, 
Christ's return is to be at a time of great trouble, brethren and sisters and young people. A time of great trouble. Now, I'm going to go through these quotes quite quickly because I've got quite a lot on here. The quotes will be up on the PowerPoint here, so you'll be able to read them. Daniel chapter 12 ends the book of Daniel, and what does it say? There shall be a time of trouble such as never was. And many shall awake, some to everlasting life. So before us is that prospect that at the last time when things are going very gravely wrong, look out, Christ will come and we could be saved. Christ in that Olivet prophecy in Luke chapter 21, he says to us there'll be distress of nations with perplexity. The word perplexity means no way out, no answer. The sea and the waves roaring, symbolic of the nations. Chaos. Well, what are we seeing today? We're seeing indeed a time of great trouble coming. First of all, in the world around us. Look at these PowerPoints. All of these are within 12 months of now. Going back over 12 months. Britain experienced the hottest weather probably ever. ever. London, 40 degrees centigrade. And they didn't have air conditioners. They were in real trouble. Europe at that time was being devastated by wildfires. In Britain there was 24,000 fires. And in Europe, well, that's just a depiction of the fires that are across Europe. Why? Because they were experiencing the worst drought in 500 years. It was dry. Caught on fire and burnt. Here was what was happening to much of Europe. So what are we being told? Well, maybe we're being told this. In Luke 17, Jesus said, The day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And we're seeing on the old scene, chaos and trouble. Here's Australia. Ha. Look at it. Over on the east coast. The floods that took place. We know that. Glenlock got washed away. We couldn't have a Glenlock up at Wakeree last year. Or this year, because of the situation. Why was that, that like that? Well, the situation was, they got rain up in Queensland a metre in less than a week. In some parts. You think of it. What are we being told? That same quote we talked about before says this, just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. We are being stirred up, brethren and sisters and young people and friends, to be ready. Christ's return is very near at hand. Here's a, just a depiction of the same thing. Go back two years, there's Britain. The east coast of Britain. Here it is today, or last year. At the same time, the drought hit like that. Here's the rivers in Europe. They were right down so low to one lane where there are usually three lanes in the river. And they're having to unload boats to get over your shallow parts. They couldn't get the equipment up. It was really dry. And as well as that, other troubles came in Europe and around the world. Huge earthquake took place in Turkey. We're going to talk about it a little later. Magnitude 7.8 and another one 7.6. It was 
experienced here and felt in Jerusalem. Massive earthquake, huge damage. 50,000 lost their lives. The moment the army over there is trying to rebuild some of the buildings, trying to recover what they can. They're in desperate plight. Same over in New Zealand. New Zealand experienced a storm called Gabriel. It came, they were having a, can you believe it, a homosexual week of parades. And the last one was going to be a big concert. And on that very day, in came a massive storm. The worst disaster, the third worst in New Zealand's history. State of emergency for the half of the top part of New North Island. Evacuations on the entire east coast. Eleven died, thousands missing. And the consequence was there. There was the flood. Massive. The road from Auckland to Napier was cut by 44 landslides. Here's Auckland, city of Auckland. Flood was incredible. And it goes on. Now, right now, there's fires. Only a little fire, really. You're joking. I am. Here's the fire. The smokes were up in Canada. And look how far it's gone down to. Across the USA. Here's the fires. It's out of control. Australians are flying over there, firemen to try and control it. They can't put it out. Here's New York. And they're saying to everybody... Over a million, hundred million shouldn't go outside their homes because of the smoke. It's polluting, so dangerous for them. Stay inside, they're saying. Right across from Canada to USA. Massive. Massive. We're being shown something, brethren and sisters, that time is super short. Here's another matter. Gigantic solar storm. Okay, this year. They Last year, at this time, by this time, they had 40... Flares coming out of the sun. Now there's around about 103 that have come out from the sun. Not very few have hit the earth, only about 50. But if one big one hits the earth, the consequences will be it will destroy the internet, they say. And the evidence appears to be true. It's true. Look at this date. Today. The sun could reach solar maximum by the end of 2023. They said it's going to be 2025, but it's escalating so fast. They said this year. They're really worried. And here's another heading. Does it mean an internet apocalypse is near, said CBS, only a few days ago. They are extremely concerned that it could knock out the web. What would the world be like? Well... We're looking at a situation that's growing in gravity. But now we're coming a little bit more closer to what the scriptures are saying to us. There will be a world economic collapse. We know that because of Isaiah 24 verse 2. I'll read it to you from here. As with the borrower, think about it, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury. All reduced to the same level. Economic collapse. So the rich and the poor are the same. How do we know that's true? How do we know that verse relates to our day? Well, that chapter, I'll come back a moment, Isaiah 24, is cited by Jesus in the Olivet Prophecy. We read Matthew 24, but Luke 21, same, chat, same prophecy. Five times by Jesus. There it is. 
Five times Jesus cites from Luke chapter 21 in Isaiah 24, so relates it to our day. And he's citing from the second half of Isaiah 24, uh, uh, sorry, Luke 21 or Matthew 24, that relates to our day. So he's telling us clearly this chapter deals with our time. So what are we expecting? Well, there's the chat quote again that we saw before a moment ago. What's that mean? Well, one of our writers, Brother Sully, commenting in the Ezekiel's Temple, page 307, said this. It's the closing page of that book. All confidence in the money market is gone. All stocks and shares worthless. No banks. And he sees that collapse taking place shortly after Christ returns to the saints. We pray to ourselves, to the believers. So what are we expecting? Economic collapse at Christ's return or shortly after that period is what the scriptures indicates for us. So the situation is very intriguing. Now, here's the debt of USA. It's $31.4 trillion. Here's piles of $100 notes loaded on the back of trucks. Here's the trucks arriving. And if you wanted to see how big their debt is, here's the Statue of Liberty. And if you pile them up, it would be like this on either side. One trillion is banknotes lying like that from here to the, moon, the, here to the sun. One single banknotes, I might not, hundred, not hundred banknotes, hundred dollar ones, single dollar notes from here to the sun. But here it is another depiction of it. There's the debt of USA at the moment in the American dollar. So what's happening? Countries are getting panicking. 24 countries against the US dollar. They've gone to a new one. They're going to try and get going. At the moment they're using the yuan, the Chinese yuan, but it looks like they're going to join. And here's the nations that are pushing for it. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. There's the word BRICS. A new currency, get away from America. It's going to collapse. Looks that way. And here's the countries that are joining up or saying they're going to join up. And every day we're hearing of more countries wishing to join up. <clears throat> so things are looking really quite scary, to say the least. Germany, the backbone of the economy of Europe, is now beginning to face recession. Not because of the currency... But because of the way the American dot, the world exchange, the world transactions are going, they are really concerned. And it looks like it's going to spread right through Europe and the world. Well, third point I want to make. Russia will ally with or conquer Europe. We know that, don't we? We know that from Ezekiel 38, verses 2 to 6. Gog of the land of Magog, that's central Europe, the chief, the Hebrew word for chief is Rosh, prince of Meshach and Tubal, with Goma, France, or Gaul, France, of the north quarters. And Daniel 2 says much the same. The image, image's legs of iron, his feet part of iron and clay, and of course we know that symbolises Europe. So Europe must be either allied with or conquered by Europe. How it will be accomplished, we're not definitively stated. Our writer, Brother Thomas, back in Eureka, said either one of those ways. He thought conquer. 
first. But he does add, it could be by alliance. Well, we'll see what happens. We've got a few things to look at. Remember those terms? I'll go back a second. There they are. And here we are on the map. So there's Gog of the land of Magog, Rosh, Meshach and Tubal. There's the areas. We'll deal with that a little bit more detail for a second in a moment. And of course, the image, the feet, the ten toes, symbolises the ten nations of Europe, east and west, that will be united together and come into the land of Israel, as we'll see in a moment. So what do we expect? We expect all of Europe except Britain. And of course, Britain is already broken away. Brexit has taken place. They've moved away. And that's what we've already expected and always thought so. It's been stated in Opus Israel, hasn't it? Well, what's going on? Start of the year, Russia had been fighting in Ukraine. Hobart called up a few more soldiers. Just the 1.5 million soldiers. In Russia, all people from, I think it's 17 to 25, are in the army. No exemption. No exemption. So a few more were called up, 1.5 million. And so Russia invaded Ukraine and continues to invade Ukraine. We know that that's going to happen because he's Gog of the land of Magog. Magog is Central and Eastern Europe, including Ukraine. How do we know that? Well, there's that same quote. Son of man, set thy face towards Gog of the land of Magog, prince of Rosh, Meshach and Jubal, and prophesy against him. Okay? Where is it? Well, Herodotus, writing about the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, the most ancient Greek writer, stated, Scythia, or Magog, was a name given by the Greeks to an ancient and widely extended people who spread from the river Don westward along the banks of the Danube. So there's the Don and there's the Danube. See, I've highlighted those by the circle, the little map. So where is Magog? There it is. It's that territory. It may not go quite that far west because the rivers don't quite go there, but we cannot be dogmatic. It is that territory, generally speaking. All right? So here's Magog. And here's Russia, the symbol of the bear. Right from 1991, it's lost Ukraine and wants it back. And look at it now. It's trying to gobble it up, isn't it? We're hearing about it all every day. What's going on up there? Going late last year or early last year, Zelensky then warned when Russia attacked Ukraine, a big war is going to take place in Europe. Well, it may or it may not, as we'll see in a minute. But the whole world is saying this could happen now. Russia wants Europe and is even threatening to use the bomb. They're putting nuclear weapons into Belarus and such like. The consequences would be horrendous. We don't know if it will. But it is indeed scaring Europe. And that's what I think he's trying to do. Scare Europe to submit to them. Just a moment. Right. So let's move. <clears throat> so Europe is worried. Already very worried. It will not give full help to Ukraine. It's retaining a lot of its weapons. Oh, yes, it's sending a lot over. It's sending money over and such like. 
But the best jets don't go to Ukraine. They're not sending troops into Ukraine in big numbers. There might be a few just showing them what to do with their equipment, but not much. They're not sending the European soldiers big time into Europe. The fear of provoking a direct attack with Russia, they do not want. They're afraid. Now, that is behind a lot of what's going on at the moment. So, I want you to see how Europe depends upon Russia. First of all, oil. Let's look at it. The oil supplies? Well, <clears throat> Europe gets oil from Turkey. 